So let's take a journey back uh, to the first century, all right? Just the time in which this story is uh, taking place. The time when the angel appeared with the heavenly hosts. Could you imagine seeing something like that, man? Angels, just glorious vision. Uh, So let's just travel back to that time when these angels appeared to these shepherds. This time was in the empire of of Rome, when when Rome was like the the superpower, I guess, of this world. And there was uh, an emperor named Caesar Augustus. And so this time period was under the kingship of a man named Caesar Augustus. Now the word, the name Caesar Augustus means revered one or exalted one. And that's pretty much how he was received by the people. He was revered. He was exalted. Um, and there was many reasons for that. He was uh, considered to be the prince of peace. And, and the reason was because Caesar Augustus brought an end to a long period of war and strife within the Roman Empire. And so he brought a, a time of relative peace. And, and on top of that, Rome was enjoying a time of prosperity. It was under Caesar Augustus where uh, a lot of building projects happened. He rebuilt roads. He rebuilt uh, temples and arenas and public baths and so on. And so Augustus was like the hero. He really was a revered one among the people in Rome. And the people in Rome declared, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. And it is in that particular moment in history that something even greater, even greater than that, takes place. Now, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, we read that Caesar Augustus, um, he orders a census. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1 says this, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, the reason why he did that was so that he could institute taxes, because building roads and temples and arenas and so on, that costs a lot of money, right? And so he uh, ordered the census so that he can collect tax. Now, in order, for, uh, so in order to oblige to this, Mary and Joseph, they go on a long 90-mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And uh, at this time, Mary was uh, very pregnant. And so that's where we find this story. Now, in that time, probably around the time when Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem, the shepherds are out in their fields, and suddenly, perhaps, the greatest theophany, that word means God appearing, okay, perhaps the greatest, well, you would argue, one would argue, actually, Jesus Christ is the greatest theophany, God appearing among us, right? Next to Jesus coming, I would say this is probably the greatest manifestation of supernatural beings found in scripture. I mean, Moses, to Moses, there was the burning bush, right? The prophets had visions from God. Isaiah was caught up in this vision where he was in the temple of the Lord and he saw the cherubim and seraphim. And so, I mean, those are great, but man, this was incredible display of God's angels manifested among people. A great host of angels just appears to shepherds. And this is what they say in uh, verse 14 of chapter 2. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now it's interesting how God chose to reveal himself 
to shepherds. Because typically when we read in Scripture, when a vision or some sort of theophany took place, it happened to a very specific person, a special person, like a king, a priest, a prophet, right? But in this case, he appeared, God sends angels to appear to shepherds. And in those days, they were the lowliest people in society. Shepherds were not considered good company to be around. They were poor, they were illiterate, and in some cases, they, would, um, they were dishonest because they would get their you know, sheep to graze in parts of uh, fields that didn't belong to them. You know, and they, 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 were just, they just did that. And so in society, they weren't really the most popular or most honorable people. Yet God chose to reveal his enormous plan for salvation for mankind to shepherds. Essentially, this was like a reversal of the order in this world, right? While most of the Roman Empire, mostly the elite and the upper class, were hailing Caesar as Lord, Christ is proclaimed as Lord among the lowliest of people in society. God was doing something unique, something special. And for what God was about to do in Christ Jesus, even the angels were praising and worshiping God. Isn't that spectacular? And it is right there where we find the second message of Christmas in this series that we're on called Simply Christmas. Simply worship. God has a plan for us. And his plan is to bring peace on earth, but it's not the kind that Caesar Augustus brings. You see, the peace that Caesar Augustus brought was through military means, and it was enforced through fear. Caesar's peace was not forever, but the peace that God was bringing into the world by sending us his son, the savior of the world, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, God's peace is eternal throughout all ages. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Christ Jesus, we are no longer under condemnation. In Christ Jesus, we are no longer bound by our sin. In Christ Jesus, we are no longer alienated from God. It is through Christ that we are more than conquerors. It is through Christ that we have true peace. And it is through Jesus Christ that we have the right to be called children of God. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is Lord, and Jesus Christ is our treasure, the greatest gift we could ever receive in this life. Yesterday, we had a birthday party for my oldest daughter, Eden. She turned eight on December 5th, and so we we decided to have a party yesterday. She invited all her friends, you know, from school, and I even got to do some magic tricks yeah. Oh, oh, I should. Oh, totally. I should have brought some right now. I'll, I'll show you another time. Okay. But uh, I had to practice some of these tricks and they, yeah, I just wowed the crowd. Right. But you know what? That wasn't the main event. The main event, of course, in any kid's birthday party is the presents. Right. I mean, she received a lot of gifts and I could just see her eyes light up and she was like, when are we going to open the presents? When are we going to open the presents? And then finally it was present opening time. And she was just so excited. And so she started, you know, opening these, these gifts. And uh, she got one thing after the other. But then, all of a sudden, there was this one gift. 
she was so excited to receive this gift. It was so neat. You know, I can't remember what it was called. Some sort of stuffed animal with really big googly eyes. But, she, you know, for her, it meant everything. Beanie Boo? Beanie Boo, okay? It was a Beanie Boo. And man, she was so excited. And you could tell her heart was just so filled with joy that she had to share it with everyone. Look, Dad, look what I got. It's a Beanie Boo. She was so happy. There was just something inside her that was overflowing with excitement when she received this gift. To her, it was treasure. To me, it was just a stuffed animal with googly eyes. But man, (laughs) to her, it was treasure. And she had to share it. There was an overflow coming out because of this treasure. Perhaps some of us know what that's like when we discover some kind of a treasure, right? It might be a unique piece of art, a work of art, like the Mona Lisa or something. Uh, a couple friends of mine, they went to Paris and they were able to uh, take a picture with the Mona Lisa. I had no idea it was that small. You know, I, don't, I mean, I thought it was this ginormous work of art, you know, something like that. But man, when you're confronted with a work of art like that, it just, it brings excitement and, and wow, right? Perhaps it's a, a rare vintage piece of furniture, something, right? When you, when you discover that piece, it's like, <gasps> or a rare coin, or a cassette player. <laughs> Does anyone have one of those still? Wow, really? You know, I have the NIV Bible on cassette tape in, the, in my office, okay? I'm keeping it on my shelf because that's a relic, right? <laughs> one of these days, that's going to be worth a lot. It's an antique already right now, eh? I, I'm, and I have some tapes that I want to listen to, but I can't because I don't have a tape player. So, you know, hold on to that. It's a treasure, right? When we... When we Find some kind of a treasure, whatever it might be, whatever it might be to you. There's that feeling of excitement that comes within us and it begins to bubble up inside and then we proclaim it. We expel the excitement and joy through our lips. This church is praise. This is worship. That which brings us great joy and excitement, it brings out praise and worship. We have something to be extremely excited for this Christmas season. Jesus Christ, the greatest gift, the greatest treasure this world has ever known was born some 2,000 years ago the Savior of the world, the one in whom our hope is securely found, was born on Christmas Day. Even the angels begin to praise and give glory because of Jesus. Now in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about treasure. He talks about what it's like. He says that when we discover him and when we discover his kingdom, It is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man finds this treasure, in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has to obtain that treasure. Jesus Christ is that treasure. It is worth more than everything. There is nothing in this earthly 
of all our earthly possessions that can even come close to the joy unspeakable that we experience with Christ in our hearts and in our lives. It is worth everything, worth selling everything for. That is true worship. Jesus Christ is the greatest treasure. May you experience that this Christmas season. Now, what I'm going to do right now, we're going to invite the uh, worship team to come back up. And uh, I'm actually going to go up there too. And we'll, we'll sing another song. But I want to invite you uh, to worship. But let's just take a moment right now. Let's just bow our heads. And I'm just going to ask you to just ask the Lord to reveal to you the treasure that he is in your life. Perhaps you want to know that treasure. Perhaps you want more of a revelation of that in your life. Just ask God. Just take a moment now as we set up for worship. We're going to take part in communion right now uh, as we've been doing through our Advent series. Um, and we're not, we don't, we've been changing up a little bit this, through this Advent. So just a couple quick directions. Um, you're going to enter or you're going to exit your, uh, your pew either side. It doesn't, doesn't matter. But if you could make your way to the back and then line up along the side wall. So over here and over here. And uh, the communion servers are then going to stand close proximity to the tables and are going to serve you. Uh, you can take your, your cup and your uh, piece of bread and uh, take it back to your pew and we'll have a bit of a reflective reading and then we'll all participate together in communion. Does that sound good? So I'm going to invite the, uh, the uh, usher, not ushers, but the uh, servers uh, forward at this point. So there's no rush. Uh, we're going to stay in this moment. We're going to uh, stay here until everybody's been served. But uh, if you want to start, maybe we'll start with the, the people at the front. If you want to come out and make your way to the back first, start the line. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go backwards, uh, try and avoid some collisions in the middle aisle. I'm just going to read a, a bit of a reflective reading. Uh, feel free to meditate on the words. And prepare your heart for uh, communion. We give thanks that you have been with your creation from before it came to be. We give you thanks that you continue to be with your creation in new life, a borning, in times of calm, in times of chaos, in death and beyond. We give you thanks that no matter what we have done or have failed to do, you invite us back into relationship with you again and again. We give you thanks that you have given us the gift of your love, unearned, unasked for, unbelievable. A gift filled with grace and wonder, we give you thanks, God of all creation. On the night before his life would be ended, ended because overwhelming love can sometimes cause fear to react in violent ways. Jesus sat with his friends celebrating, like we sit with our friends celebrating. Together they remembered the story of the people Israel, brought out of slavery by God's love. During the meal, Jesus took a loaf of bread and blessed it, giving thanks God, 
uh, giving thanks to God for the gift of life, he broke that bread and passed it to his disciples and said, This is my body given for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. When the meal was almost over, he took a cup of wine and blessed it, giving thanks, God, giving thanks to God for the gift of love. He lifted that cup, passing it to his disciples and said, This is my blood for the forgiveness of sin. This is my promise. This is for you and for the world. Each time you drink this, remember me. So we eat, we drink, and we remember. A tiny baby born in a shack, a great teacher, God with us, then and now, we remember. Why don't you partake with me? Join me as I pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your son, that you were unwilling to let us just, you were, unlet us, you were unwilling to just let us be out there on our own, abandoned, not abandoned, but we abandon you, Father. Out of love you came, you sent your son, Emmanuel, God with us. Never again has human history been the same, for you have taken place in us. After your Son came, your you, Spirit takes up residence within us. Emmanuel, God with us, we rejoice this morning. Because no matter where we come from, no matter what we've done or failed to do, whatever, life has, whatever hand life has dealt us, Father, you are the one with the arms open wide, ready to embrace your child. You did that at Christmas. You did that through communion. And Father, we just thank you that you are with us everywhere, in every situation, that you are greater than every situation. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, why don't you join us as we have uh, some fellowship time out in the, in the lobby following the service. Uh, there's some coffee and tea and cookies. And if you have children, uh, they are going to be having an awesome play practice uh, following the service here in the sanctuary. Amen. Have a great week.